Good morning, South Florida. It's your girl, Super Cindy. Welcome to Community Matters. It's so such a good vibe, such good energy, good day, good Sunday morning to be speaking to you this morning. And we got to speak about something that's really, really important and really, you know, to our community and to all of us, whether you're a man, woman or anyone, um, because May is Hypertension and Stroke Awareness Month and June is Men's Health Awareness Month. And this morning we'll be speaking to Dr. William Alexis, who was previously the Chief of Internal Medicine and Cardiology at Memorial West Hospital in Pines. And now he has his, uh, well, he already had his private practice, but he has a private practice in the Pines Medical Office of Memorial West. You know where Pembroke Lake Small is, that hospital. Yeah, right there. So good morning, Dr. Alexis. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Super Cindy. How are you? I am good. And it's so exciting to be speaking to you because you're actually my cardiologist. <laughs> so <laughs> I know your work is good because you keep my heart or, you know, my heart nice and healthy. And I appreciate that. So I wanted to get the word out because when I visit you in your office, you speak to me about different things and different, you know, things I need to look out for and all that good stuff. And I wanted to share that information to all the listeners. So as we said, May was hypertension awareness month and I mean hypertension and stroke awareness month and June is men's health awareness month so first of all as a cardiologist what is your job what is it that you take care of sure well thank you uh thank you for the kind words and uh uh and, and the personal endorsement that uh, that means a lot <laughs> I co-signed um, you doc <laughs> I, I I really appreciate that I didn't expect that um <laughs> but uh so um the job the job of a cardiologist is certainly my job um, is really, um, it's really twofold. And, and in my view, I kind of see it as threefold. I'll, I'll get to that. But the first, the first role is really one of prevention. And so, um, for a lot of people, they think that they only go see a specialist like a cardiologist when they already have a heart problem. And that's true. But by the time that they're seeing a heart specialist because they have a heart problem, often there's damage and in some cases permanent that may have already been, been done. So one of the things that we really focus on in cardiovascular medicine, being a cardiologist, that's what we also call as cardiovascular medicine, is really preventing a lot of the things that can happen to people, such as, as you mentioned before, stroke, heart attacks, the development of heart disease, and the development of any complications of untreated high blood pressure, diabetes, that sort of thing. The second job that I would say is, is, is my job is, of course, treatment, as we talked about just a second ago, which is for people who already have disease, they need treatment, which in some cases is um, just recommendations for lifestyle changes versus uh, medications, and in some cases, procedures. And then the last thing, which I think, um, unfortunately, doesn't happen um, enough, I try to do my part, is uh, community uh, intervention. So to share what we know and really doing what you're doing right now, Super Cindy, is just helping us share the information with the community that they need so that we can be healthier. And, you know, and are there many because, um, Dr. Alexis, you are, you know, African-American, you are a black cardiologist. Are there is there a big community of black cardiologists or no? So it sadly, is not a large community. But it's definitely um, a community that's that's uh, fairly well connected. Um, there are associations, uh, for example, the Association of Black Cardiologists is probably the uh, the most prominent of them. 
Um, but the reality is that, yes, there are few uh, black cardiologists and even fewer if you're talking about interventional cardiologists like myself, who also, in addition to doing the cardiology practice in the office that you're familiar with, also work in the hospital doing procedures and often emergency procedures to treat people who are having heart attacks or other complications of heart disease. Is heart disease prominent in the black and brown community? Is it something that our community should be, you know, keep their eyes out open for and worried about? Absolutely. So sadly, a lot of uh, diseases, um, uh, chronic diseases are very prominent in the black community, but heart disease, of course, is definitely one of them. And so for sure, it's one of the things that we should be paying attention to and, and uh, in the black community, because first of all, heart disease is a leading cause of death in the United States for everybody, for mm. men and, and women of all races. Um, but it is really disproportionate, has a disproportionate impact on black people, which is to say that we suffer way more from heart disease than other ethnic groups. So we definitely need to be paying attention to um, heart disease as, as, uh, as black people and as members of the black community. Do you think, is it because of our diets or is it hereditary through lit? Like, why is that? So the answer is yes to both. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly what we have most control over is our lifestyle and diet, as you talked about. But yeah, hereditary, there appears to be some things that, that from a genetic uh, point of view, pre, you know, make us more likely to have heart disease. But certainly the other part that you mentioned, which is diet and our lifestyle. So unfortunately, as we all know, many of us in the Black community are disadvantaged. You know, we have to work more than one job in order to make ends meet. You know, where we live aren't uh, places that have the, the, the stores and the supermarkets to sell the healthiest food. The uh -huh. most unhealthy choices for food that, that, that are available for us are the cheapest. Uh, so if we are at, a, at, a, at an economic disadvantage, if we're not doing as well financially as our other counterparts, then chances are we're not necessarily eating uh, the best. And so certainly diet lifestyle, if you're working multiple jobs, when do you find time to exercise and take care of yourself? When you're dealing with things like stress, of course, uh, which is also um, uh, has, has a, an association with heart disease, more stress often is, 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 is linked to more heart disease. So all of those things together increase our, our risk and our rates of heart disease in our communities. Mm, so we definitely got to spread the word out this morning and just keep that information rotating. You know, I heard um, of a man, he was driving to work and had a massive heart attack. Why, why do things like that just happen? Like he had no symptoms, nothing, and it just happened. You know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And on, on this beautiful Sunday morning, I certainly don't want to, you know, frighten everybody. But the reality is that for some people, the very first symptom of heart disease can be something awful like what you just described, sudden death. Mm. Um, and so that's why it's so important to do the prevention side that I was talking about earlier, which is really seeing your, uh, your, your cardiologist, even your, your, especially your primary doctor, to make sure you're being screened appropriately for all of the diseases that you might have that one might have without yet having symptoms. So basically it's possible that the, the person you're describing 
is someone who was at risk for heart disease or maybe had symptoms of heart disease that he didn't even realize were symptoms of heart disease and might have been identified if he had gone to um, his doctor uh, uh, and, and maybe the chances of what happened to him could have been minimized. So, of course, nobody can guarantee that. But it is definitely true that for some people, the first symptom of heart disease can be something uh, pretty, pretty severe. But it often, in, in our field, what we often question is, was that really the first symptom? Because we know, um, you know, you mentioned uh, men's health. A lot of men may not necessarily talk about what they're actually feeling. So how many men, you know, come home after a hard day of work, after working their second job, maybe they're a little bit more short of breath when climbing the stairs to the apartment than usual. They don't think anything of it. They don't think that could be a symptom of heart disease. And then something horrible happens. So it's so important to get in front of this rather than to be playing catch up, because unfortunately for some people, the, it, the first symptoms can be actually fatal. So you definitely want to be sure to, uh, to, to follow up and to see both primary care doctors and your cardiologist, if necessary, to determine your risk of having heart disease. That's so scary that, you know, the symptoms, like for us, the symptoms can be silent. And then all of a sudden you have a massive heart attack, because like you said, especially with June being Men's Health Awareness Month, that a man, if he gets a little tired, more tired or out of breath than usually like, oh, man, I'm getting a little bit out of shape. Or men hate going to the doctor. That's another thing. So they don't really go to their primaries or go see a doctor to get checked out annually to make sure everything is good. What are some of the other symptoms that some people might be brushing off that could be a symptom? Like you said, shortness of breath. Are there any other like little things that we might just put to the side and just take some gas X or something thinking it's that or something like that? Well, I'm glad you said gas X because I can tell you that culturally, um, when I see uh, black patients, uh, especially if they are from the Caribbean, more times than not, they will kind of dismiss just about every symptom they have and say it's probably gas and oh. ignore it. And so I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the symptoms is now it's true. People can have indigestion. They can have gas. But. People tend to know when they're having something that's different from what they've had in the past, right? So there are people who may have, you know, um, heartburn, you know, that we call reflux, for example. And so they, they're used to taking some antacids, you know, and they feel better. But then there are some people that will just have these lingering symptoms of just being, you know, just having indigestion or just feeling like they have gas, but they're not burping. They're not behaving like they normally behave when they have gas. They're just kind of upset in the chest and stomach area. And sometimes those are symptoms that can masquerade as, 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 as heart disease. So people can be having those kinds of symptoms and really blow them off, ignore them thinking that, no, it's probably just gas. I'll drink some tea or I'll, you know, drink some soda and whatever. But the case is in fact that they're having a heart related emergency. Wow. And let's just say that, you know, God forbid they do have, um, a mild heart attack or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, what should someone who's around them, a friend, a family member, what should they do first if something should happen? So I'm so glad you, you, you asked that because one of the things that um, we get really concerned about 
in the medical field is the number of people who drive themselves to a local emergency room or have a family member drive themselves to a local emergency room. So the answer to your question is call 911. Uh. Call 911. Um, call fire rescue. Because keep in mind that the trip to the hospital is not just transportation. For somebody who's in the back of an ambulance, the trip to the hospital is where their treatment begins. I'm a cardiologist, as you well know. If I'm driving somebody to the hospital in my car and something is happening to them, there's very little I can do. I don't have drugs in my car. I don't have equipment in my car. And I definitely can't drive a car and take care of a heart attack victim at the same time. So the first thing to do if someone is at home and, 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 and that unfortunate circumstance is happening where, you know, someone thinks, wow, I think this person may be having a heart attack or a stroke, dial 911. Dial 911 and stay with the person. And then the second thing I would say is that everybody should know and learn CPR so that if, God forbid, CPR is necessary because that person now is unconscious and it doesn't have a pulse and is not breathing, that they can do something to help this person while they're waiting for fire rescue to arrive and take over. I'm reading here that with a heart attack, um, the symptoms, some of the symptoms are chest pain or discomfort, upper back or neck pain, indigestion, heartburn, nausea or vomiting, extreme fatigue, upper body discomfort, dizziness and shortness of breath. So like all my listeners out there, you know, just listen to these things and look at signs and don't keep brushing them off and, you know, things like that. So how should a person who maybe is diabetic, what are the things that, like that come across with, that come with another ailment that they're dealing with on a daily basis? How should they, you know, you know, like sometimes I'm diabetic since I was 10 years old. Sometimes I feel a certain way, but I brush it off like, oh, that's my diabetes doing this or that. Like, how do we deal with that? So it's a, that's a difficult question to answer. Mm-hmm. And the way that I typically answer it is I always say, when in doubt, check it out. Because it's really not the job of a non-medical professional. And the non-medical professional doesn't really have the knowledge necessarily to be able to tell the difference between symptoms that can be really very similar, but mean very different things. So diabetics, for example, um, we know have symptoms that tend to be different sometimes than the symptoms that people typically have. So you write off a lot of things on that list. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that the first two that you, that you listed um, were chest pain or chest discomfort, that's not random because, yeah, that's what most people feel. But for people who are diabetics, and we're not talking about women today, but it certainly um, applies to women as well, the symptoms can be a little bit different. And so in that sense, it can be unusual fatigue. It can be breaking out in a cold sweat. It can be that upper back or that upper neck or jaw pain. There are people who have had pain that they thought they needed to go to the dentist for because they thought it was in in their teeth. But in fact, it was that jaw pain that was associated with the heart. So I say all that to say that even us as cardiologists, sometimes even we have a hard time distinguishing between different kinds of symptoms. So it's difficult for somebody who's a non-medical professional to do that. And so I'm not suggesting that every single thing that someone feels is on that list necessarily means that they should call 911, but a close relationship with your doctor, 
a close relationship with your cardiologist and regular follow-up with your cardiologist can really help to uncover and make sure that, you know, symptoms are clearer and evaluated, you know, kind of as they, as they occur rather than someone who hasn't been seen by a doctor in two, three, four, five years. Now someone's trying to figure that person out while they're having symptoms that they've been having for six months. Mm. And you know, you just said something that like, um, if someone has like a pain in the jaw or whatever, they automatically would not think of it being something related to their heart. They probably think it's a toothache or a nerve or a bad nerve. So I'm glad you mentioned that as well, because that everything we, we seem to forget that everything is connected. So, you know, that's so true. Wow. So what is the difference between a heart um, a heart attack and a, and a stroke. Is there a difference or is that like the same thing? No, there, there is a difference. They happen for the same reasons um, for the most part, but they're different. So a heart attack is when someone suffers heart damage, part of the heart may in fact even die as a result of an artery that brings blood to the heart being blocked. And so when an artery that brings blood to the heart is blocked and the heart doesn't get the blood that it needs, the part of the heart that is not getting the blood that it needs can die. And so that's a heart attack. And so that's why it's so important for someone who's having a heart attack to dial 911 because the other part of my job as an interventional cardiologist is that if a person who's having a heart attack dials 911 and the fire rescue doctors identify because they can do that from the person's home doing an EKG. And they identify that that person's having a heart attack. They alert me and my team immediately so that we all come into the hospital, no matter what hour of the day or night it is. And we open that blocked, ar that blocked artery to get blood flow back to the heart to save that part of the heart muscle. So that's, that's a heart attack and how we tend, how we take care of the emergency part of a heart attack. A stroke in a, in a way of speaking is a brain attack. So mm, the brain. one of the types of, exactly. So one of the types of strokes that people can have is where an artery that gives blood to the brain becomes blocked. And in a case like that, part of the brain can die if that artery doesn't get opened quickly and as quickly as possible. And so that's why we often talk about what to do if we think somebody's having a, st a stroke, because we talk about fast, S as in Frank, A, S as in Stephen, T as in Tom, fast. And so fast is face, you know, face. So, so if somebody has like a drooping, um, uh, 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 you Side know, of the facial, face or something. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And so like the A talks about asymmetry. And so that's basically like the, the medical term for one side of the body. So if somebody all of a sudden is having trouble moving one side of the body, one side of the, you know, one arm, one leg, the right arm, the right leg, all of a sudden is weak. They can't raise that arm or that leg, or they're having, you know, lots of numbness in that arm or that leg. And, or if they're having S, difficulty speaking, slurred speech. And then at that point, the T come, becomes very important. People need to note the time when that happens, because how long it's been between the time of those symptoms beginning and when they show up to get medical care is very important because we can give medications to clear out the blockage 
in the brain artery, or in some cases do a procedure similar to what I do to open up the arteries of the heart to get blood flow going back to the brain. So that's one kind of a stroke. The other kind of a stroke, which is very important when you're talking about hypertension awareness month, and hypertension just means high blood pressure, is the kind of stroke that's called a hemorrhagic stroke, which means a bleeding stroke. So if, God forbid, somebody has an artery in their brain, in their head, that bursts and bleeds into the brain, that also can cause a stroke. And that kind of stroke is really a very, very severe emergency that can often result in death pretty quickly if medical care is not received very, very quickly. So that's the big difference between heart attack and stroke. Heart attacks are for the heart, strokes are for the brain. Mm, you definitely filled me in on that because I've honestly kind of put them as the same thing and it's definitely not the same thing. What about when, because we spoke about shortness of breath and fatigue, what about when someone's feet are swelling, their ankles, their legs, their abdomen or their neck vein is swelling? Is that also a sign of possible you know, heart disease or heart failure? So it can be. And so um, it's not, not every kind of swelling in the legs, for example, is necessarily heart failure. And so another thing that's very unique to us in the black community has to do with our salt intake. And so if we're taking too much salt in our diet, salt tends to make us puffy. It tends to make us hold on to extra fluid. And so you can see swelling in the ankles and in the legs and that sort of thing. And so not all swelling is necessarily heart failure. But unusual swelling, and definitely the kind of swelling you talked about that is going all the way up to the belly and the neck veins are swollen and you can see a big pulse in the neck and the shortness of breath, that is something that definitely should make someone go see the cardiologist. That is very important to get straightened out. Yes, I'm loving all this information. Like, as we said, June is Men's Health Awareness Month. May was Hypertension and Stroke Awareness Month. And these are definitely things that the black and brown community need to keep their eyes open. Men, yes, and also women. And I really want men to feel encouraged to go see a doctor. Like, men are so afraid. Even there's there's some women. I'd rather not know. I don't want to know nothing. But I've heard <laughs> people say that. But, like, it's really important um, for our our beautiful black men and brown men and even women to go see a doctor. What are your thoughts on that, Doc? I you said it perfectly. I, I couldn't I couldn't say it any better. It is so <laughs> important to go. No, it really is. It's so important to go to the doctor. Um, certainly the primary care doctor, because the primary care doctor is the doctor that's really looking everything over from head to toe. So the primary care doctor in the case of men, for example, is going to make sure that they're up to date on their vaccinations. They're going to make sure they're up to date on what we call age-appropriate screening. What that basically means is for your particular age, the things we should be looking out for, your primary doctor is looking out to make sure you don't have those. So they're going to check your cholesterol. They're going to make sure you don't have high cholesterol. They're going to check and make sure you don't have diabetes or pre-diabetes. For the men of a certain age, they're going to make sure that you don't need a colonoscopy to make sure that you don't have colon cancer or anything that could be putting you at risk for colon cancer. For um, for men as well, uh, the, the checking the prostate to make sure that you're not at risk for prostate cancer or that you don't have prostate cancer. But there's another kind of doctor that we don't like to talk 
about so much in our community that I think is also part of men's health and everybody's health, and that's mental health. And we ignore that. We have to get our mental health. It's so important to make sure we get our mental health. There are so many, too many of us that are walking around functional, depressed, anxious, and really, really having a hard time of life because we don't even know we're anxious. We don't even know we're depressed. And there's help for that. And that help doesn't mean that you have a psych disorder. It doesn't mean that you're crazy. It doesn't mean any of those things. Sometimes it's just a question of getting therapy, learning how to cope with stress. I always tell my patients, stress isn't going anywhere. We know that. The only thing we have control over is our response to stress and how we cope and deal with stress. And as a community of Black people, we tend to not be very good at dealing with stress because we are strong people, of course. And so what do we do? We push on through, don't we? We push through. You know, we don't have time for that. We just, we do what we have to do. We cope. (laughs) Exactly. We cope. And that's not normal. We're not supposed to have to push through and cope. And so I I definitely, you know, think I'd be doing a big disservice if we were talking about things like men's health and I let the opportunity pass to talk about mental health. That is critically important. We've been speaking to Dr. William Alexis, and thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning. It's your girl, Super Cindy, Community Matters, 99 Jams.